This podcast is brought to you by JList.com. Right now on JList.com, they have brand new art books available. They have Super Sonic art books. And of course, books on how to draw anime girls. Tons of adult art books. Adult books on current games such as Near Automata and also Nitro Plus. You know, pretty fun stuff. So go to JList.com right now and you can have your unbelievable selection of anime art books to choose from. And you'll be supporting this podcast with your purchase. Now, time to start the show. That's how I want to go. By Megan Fox feeding you mac and cheese. Yeah. Sitting on the toilet <laughs> as Megan Fox feeds me mac and cheese. I, Taking a drop on a big <laughs> D. And then just, it, and then the room explodes like a nuclear bomb goes off. <laughs> well, very Michael Bay of that. That's how I want to go. You are listening to the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Make your anime addiction worse at aaapodcast.com. And now, here are your anime addicts. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the 300, and wait for it, 69. <laughs> oh, man, I'm surprised we're not doing a more raunchy yeah. topic for an episode like oh this. Oh, my God. Nice. Uh, welcome to the 369th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast, where we come with you, come with you, we come with you, <laughs> and to you, with one mission. It's only polite. To, to make, make your, your anime, anime addiction, addiction worse. worse. That's right. <laughs> the best thing about the 69th episode of the podcast is that you get one every 100 episodes. You do. You so do. there will be more. All right. Well, uh, on this episode, we've got an interesting one for you. We're going to be going over uh, for our main topic, the value of anime Hollywood adaptations. We'll also be continuing our impressions for the season. Um, of course, you can find us anytime on our website, aaapodcast.com. From there, you can create an account to get access to additional content like Hobby Addicts episodes, Hentai episodes, uh, After Parties, a whole bunch of fun stuff. We just recorded a Hentai episode. And a Hobby Addicts. We talked about the upcoming Hentai from May 2017. Yeah, we also uh, decided what our classifications would be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For Which, more on that, listen more on to that. <laughs> and, on the, and on the Hobby Addicts episode, we each, just, we each went on a $200 retro video game shopping spree. Yep. And I showed them how it's done by picking the best yeah, I don't possible think, I don't Yeah, like I don't know. Mine's pretty amazing. <laughs> um, of course, uh, let's see here. Yes, you can find us on our website, aapodcast.com. You can create an account for access to all that extra fun stuff. Oh, yeah. We're also on social media, um, twitter.com, at aapodcast, at Elise Kova for Chiaki, and at aapodcast for me. Uh, and also on Facebook, facebook.com. You can go to our group page, uh, which is over 700 people in there right now. Which is Facebook.com. It just keeps getting bigger. It does. That's what she said. Yeah. Phrasing? What? What? Phrasing. A yeah. it was, okay. Facebook.com slash groups slash AA podcast. Go hang out with us there. Uh, tell us your dirty jokes. Um, so yeah, before we get into our main topic today, it's time for this week's. Got it! Big Bang Attack! You know, we don't have any porn today. We don't? But. Oh. There is a VR game. Ooh. In which you can now virtually sniff a girl's pantyhose. What? Yes. 
It's true. Virtually, like... Hold on. The the game, the video game VR VR Kanojo, which is a uh, like a, a cutting edge virtual reality girlfriend experience type game, has paired up with a company called Vaxo Inc. That is a Japanese company that will let players smell the scent of their virtual girlfriend and her pantyhose using the Vasco VR scent device, which works with Oculus, Vive, PlayStation VR, etc. And it goes on the bottom of the headset, right about where mm-hmm. your nose would be. And I've actually heard about that before, not specifically for panty usage, but mm-hmm. just the ability to smell things where you know when you're using VR. Now I don't know how they're simulating the smell of pantyhose, but the other thing is like pantyhose don't smell. Oh, they that do. Good. Oh, they do. Uh, uh, so someone must think so. Apparently. So. Um, you can the developer of, of the software and the product is gonna is gonna hold a conference on May eighth and 9th in, in Tokyo, in, in which people can try out the, the the device. So if you're in Japan and you are incredibly perverted, you can go try it out on May eighth. You guys want to go to Japan? <laughs> we were just there actually. I was just looking at flights in September because they were cheap. Oh, nice. So Chiaki, if we had been in Japan on May eighth, who would be more likely to go smell virtual pantyhose, me or Cosmo? You. Definitely. For sure. I'm not as perverse as you what are. What a 100% just, correct answer. I just answer. end up in perverse situations somehow. <laughs> I can't believe this is a thing. And, but I think that it makes a lot of sense for other video games. I don't know that we need to be sniffing pantyhose. But yeah, I definitely like the idea of being able to smell in VR. So like if you're in a virtual reality thing where you're at the ocean, you can smell the... The ocean air and the only the only like thing that. that I think about smelling in VR is first it starts with porn as everything mm-hmm. does, everything does and yeah. it is the smell but of but then porn. the second thing that I can think of is Ugh. one of two applications either the very like like latex <laughs> oh god <laughs> that's not the what very, I was thinking but the okay. very like innocuous oh. like chill things like you were saying like the ocean like it's just a simulation game and you're just walking through somewhere pretty and you're you get all these lovely smells like jungle or rain or ocean or you know suntan lotion or whatever or it goes to like horror and it's like what awful thing like i'm thinking the new resident evil game like that one kitchen scene and it's like what awful things can we make people smell like blood and feces yeah (laughs) and fear (laughs) and smell your fear no i provide my own fear smell thank you well, if you were Chiaki, you wouldn't get very far into smelling things because she ripped that VR headset off after about four seconds. It really? was Why? so scary. Oh, God. As soon as, as soon there as was that, a crazy old woman. As soon as the crazy old lady got up in Chiaki's grill, she was like, nope, nope. Take that nope. stick and that shit off. In, in the words of my role model, Lana Kane, nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right, guys. You guys are fun. All right. Well, guess what? What's that? What? trouble make it make double it double shut up you haven't had one useful thing to say since you got here why is that in the drop <laughs> i, I love it's it funny oh i love it new swimming anime coming in the summer yes Woo! and it will be like porn for women huh well look click on the link i gave you okay hold please noi tamina is doing an adaptation of eito mori's dive the novel series revolves around the Mizuki Diving Club, in which is on the verge of closing after having financial problems, and the coach of the team persuades <laughs> persuades the parent company to stay open under the under the condition that the club sends one of its members to next year's Olympics as part of Japan's diving team. Uh, come so on, it's, guys! It's free, but diving. No, look at the pictures. It's look it's at a little pornographic. You know what? <laughs> 
guys, I say we give it the benefit of the doubt. It's even more pornographic than Free is. You know, all I can think of though is that like, <laughs> do you, you guys, I, we've talked about it before, but that YouTube video where people put sensor bars on oh, the Olympics, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on the divers, that's all I can think of when no. I see this. That's funny. Well, let me, don't the pictures look even more graphic than- I mean, they're divers, dude. They, I mean, they gotta be wearing the Speedo and stuff and they're normally shredded because they're athletic. Come on, man. Don't be so weird about it. I'm not being weird about it. It's, it's not the, you're talking to a man who willingly whips his penis out in front of other men for hours, I would even like, though they may not be willing to see it. I would, I oh, would, they're willing I would like, thankful. I would like to uh, ask something to our resident archivist, Astrophysics, who's uh, in the chat right like now. You'd like to ask something? Ask something. And that she, is- She's going to ask you a question. When was the last time that we got through a whole podcast episode where Mitsugi did not, did not reference showing ju- people his penis? That's a good question. Because I cannot remember. If, you, if, if we had a drinking game for the podcast, one of them would need to be, every, <laughs> every time, time Mitsugi talks about his wiener- Every time Mitsugi says something that makes Kazuo uncomfortable. Ah, uh, Well, yes. that's, that's my favorite hobby. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> So, yeah, so there's more free porn coming. Although it's Noitamina, so it's going to be short. But that's what she said. Maybe there'll be more <laughs> of it. There may be sequels, but I can tell you what's going to be one of the biggest anime of next season. And I can tell you what anime Kimiko is going to pick. And Chiaki. And Kazuo. Okay. <laughs> All right, trivia. All right. So, um, wow, okay, we're already at the trivia. Let's see here. So this week's trivia on the website, uh, of course, you can go to aapodcast.com to answer the trivia questions. Uh, this one was AIC, or Anime International Company. Right. Now, what the question was, I have no idea. Well, the picture is a picture of, of Bastard, the anime. Oh. The question is, name the studio. Gotcha. So the correct answers were Brains the Trash Panda, Chibi Rob, James the Reviewer, Nelly 1876, Dirk Diggler, uh, Snipe for Fun, Golden Jedi Link, Link 182, Oh my God! You took my cat. <laughs> no, oh no, not my cat. Shake a spear and Scythoro. The winner for the week. Oh, you want me to answer that? Yes. Part? Uh, this week's winner is Dirk Diggler. Nice. And uh, our our resident our resident archivist astrophysics has weighed in. Quote: You say that you being me, Chiaki. You say that like Mitsugi's ever made it through an episode without mentioning his junk. That's a good point. That's the that is the there, official. There might be no. Oh, shit! When you ask when's the last time he made it through an episode without mentioning his junk, there may not be a time. There might not be a t- that. Maybe maybe that's really what the crux of this show is. We think it's to make yeah. your anime addiction worse, but no. really it's to give Mitsugi an outlet to talk about showing people his penis. That's true. That's a good point. What if like it's been a seven year long troll? And and you go back and listen, and literally every episode he's or mentioned his penis. Or we've created like we've now created like sleeper agents who have listened from the beginning that yeah. are just like one day we're gonna say a code word and they're all gonna wake up and be like must see Mitsugi's penis. Yeah, Mrs. Smartass, what did you do for the trivia this last week? Huh? Huh? You gave me some good trivia news. Trivia news? Well, you know how frequently lately we haven't had any trivia because Chiaki hasn't updated the trivia pictures. Tiaki went and made all six months next for th- wait, nice. the next trivia for the next six months. I made trivia for the next six months. That's what I did. Holy cow. So we won't so we won't have to worry about trivia for at least six months. So oh, good that's job. Awesome. And then it'll probably be like two months again. Before, yeah. And, but and then, then another six then months. Another six months. So I mean you are net positive listeners. That's true. Now now Chiaki disappears for six months. Farewell. <laughs> Poof. Smoke bomb. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna go ahead and take a news break real quick. Um, before we do though, we have actually an in-show weekly trivia question, which we will answer after the break. 
That question is, what is the name of the teacher who is Master Roshi's rival in Dragon Ball? I know this one. Do you? Yep, sure Does do. Does Chucky know it? I don't. All right. See you guys soon. All right, we'll answer it after the break. <laughs> Bye. everybody, this is Mitsugi and it's time for your anime news break. Getting us started off, Nintendo strikes again. This time they have sent Happy Meal toys to McDonald's in the United States. It looks like up until May 22nd you're going to be able to collect a series of Mario themed Happy Meal toys at select McDonald's. These include the Jumping Mario, Luigi coming out of a drain pipe, Princess Peach, Bowser, a red Koopa shell, a one-up mushroom, Yoshi, and an invincible Mario. So, for those of you that are fans of Super Mario Brothers, it might be worthwhile for you to go check out a McDonald's to see if you can add yourself one of these interesting-looking Happy Meal toys. Next up, we have some dissension amongst the Power Rangers community. It looks like original cast members of Power Rangers, David Yost, and Walter Jones, who were the Blue Ranger and Black Ranger respectively, have been talking about the their reactions to the Lionsgate Power Rangers film, which aired earlier in March. And it seems like neither of them really cared too much for the film, making comments about how the hip-hop keto that the Black Ranger performed in the original TV show was omitted from the, from the movie. And also, quote-unquote, when they morph, they, they, better, they better bring it. And they better say, it's morphin' time. When we said it's morphin' time, it was like, shit's about to go down. And when they said it in the movie, it was so lackadaisical, it was like, are you kidding me? So, it looks like the original cast members do not really care for the Power Rangers film. But, hopefully most of you who saw it enjoyed it. Next up, a poll in Japan asks Japanese anime fans which Hot Springs episode from anime that they liked the most throughout history. And it looks like up for men... The number one Hot Springs episode was episode 9 of Full Metal Panic Fumofu. And unsurprising, episodes 1 and 4 of Yuri on Ice being the favorite amongst women. So, what a ridiculous poll, but if you want to check out a full list of all of the different animes that were voted as having the best Hot Springs episodes, you can find that online. So, go check it out. Lastly, there is a new virtual reality toy coming out that allows people to perform a Kamehameha and also to scan people with a, via a scouter. It's a headset that is going to be released at the end of June. It's going to cost about $110, and it's designed to be used with a smartphone. The toy can be used to simulate a Kamehameha in, in, in real environments using either VR or AR in the headset. Or a person can use the Scouter AR, which lets fans scan people in their environments to get them a designated power level. So for those of you that are Dragon Ball fans, this definitely seems a little bit interesting. This was your anime news break. Now it's time to get back to the show. Ugh. 
I just can't think of anything. Well, you're in luck. You've got me, the master of not thinking. What do you need? I'm trying to write a commercial for our sponsor, JList.com, but I can't think of anything funny this time. Uh, this time? When have we ever been funny? And don't we already have a bunch of JList commercials written? I know, but we need everyone to know that they can go to JList.com and their non-adult mirror site, JBox.com, for all their anime shopping needs. Well, we already say it at the start of every show. I think by now everyone knows to head to JList.com for all their anime shopping needs. But people may have an easier time remembering JList.com if we talk about it in a funny way. You know what, Mitsugi? What? The commercial was inside you all along. What are you talking about? It's like Field of Dreams or something. Look, just hit stop on the recording and everyone will know to shop at JList.com. Can we really do this? Is it funny? No, probably not, but it is meta, and that's, like, cool and stuff, right? I'll take your word for it. Hey, hey, where are you going? To clean up this fourth wall we just broke. JList.com. If you click it, they will fun? No, that's not right. And we are back to the 369 oh, yeah, episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. And Mitsuki has some delicious concoction yeah. in the bowl. What is know. that? Is what that is mac it? and cheese and bacon? bacon? What is it, she asks. It does look like mac well, and cheese and bacon. I am having... And breadcrumbs. I am having lobster mac and cheese. Oh. Where'd you get lobster mac and cheese? Uh, Mazzaro's. Oh. Duh. Lobster mac and cheese with... with sh- with shredded bacon of the month bacon on it. And there are breadcrumbs in there, I can see. Yeah, we're going to thicken that blood. It sounds delicious. Yeah. Looks delicious. It's going to sound delicious when I'm chomping it in the microphone, too. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners are going to love that. What's the, what's, what's this in-show trivia all about? So, so the in-show weekly trivia question was, what is the name of the teacher who is Master Roshi's rival in Dragon Ball? Now, I got it wrong. Because I was thinking of the alias that Master Roshi went by, which was Jackie Chun. Jackie Chun. When you, you remember see, you when, he, when he was fighting in the tournament and he didn't want Goku to know it was him, so he put on a wig and he pretended to be Jackie Chun. That's so dumb. But I know. But the answer to the question was Master Shen, which is the guy who taught Tien and Chaozu. Yeah, and he has like the what is it, like a crane? Crane, yeah. He's got the gr- crane thing coming out of the top of his head and stuff. So all right. Now that we've got that taken care of, it's time to go into our main topic for today which is about the value of anime Hollywood adaptations. Now, this is especially timely because uh, I think it was yesterday I posted our Ghost in the Shell review on the YouTube page, which you can go check out if you haven't already. Um, Those watching live already know it's there, but for those listening. Uh, But yeah, we're going to be talking about Hollywood adaptations, the westernization of anime. I know Chiaki put a lot of stuff together here. So I don't know if if you had... uh, This mac and cheese is so good. I mean, it's legitimately insanity i appreciate the update yeah keep keep us up keep i will keep keep up the speed on that as as uh, as the story continues to develop please please keep us in the loop it's 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 three of the world's potentially three of the world's most delicious foods combined into one thing you have lobster which Mm. most people who've had lobster never had lobster like it you really never had lobster no i have a very strict um like effort to food like quantity 
ratio that I have to maintain. Lobster, too much effort, no, it's not, not enough food. You gotta like crack the legs no, you and don't. stuff. And well, no one eats lobster legs. Nobody you. eats lobster legs, friend. What are you talking about? You're talking about crab legs. Oh, crab legs. It's the same thing. No, 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 no. If you order lobster, ta- if you order a lobster tail or like lobster biscuits or something, it almost mm. always comes you already shelled. Ooh, lobster biscuits yeah. sound delicious. Hmm. You don't do any. You don't do any work with lobster. Interesting. You just don't. All right. You're gonna get a lobster tail already shelled. So lobster, which most people love, mm-hmm. mac and cheese. Let's just face it. Every living human being loves mac and cheese. Sure, of course. Yeah. And bacon. Well, I don't even. I don't trust you if you don't like bacon. So Fair. I have combined all three of these into a concoction that mm-hmm. literally. Man has never experienced before. Yeah. The only thing that can make it better is if you had a beer as well. I don't have that. I know. Sorry. I noticed. The fridge is empty of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Kazuo walks in. First thing he checks. I look for beer. I'm like, crap, it's empty. <laughs> Lobster bacon mac. LBM. All right. Okay. And that's now the title of the episode. Lobster bacon mac? Yeah. Nice. I like it. I think the title should be, what the heck is LBM? What the heck is LBM? Yeah. yeah. All right, so, uh, c- carry this conversation, Jackie, while I eat. <laughs> I didn't even pick this topic. Um, all right, so Mitsugi, this as the story as the ancients tell us, mm. Mitsugi wrote down this topic today yes. on the dock and said, "I don't have time." Seems legit. Can, can need help on main topic. Uh, Fa- fair, was, fairly standard Mitsugi move. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, for once in my life, I was a social butterfly this weekend, so Aww, I didn't really have awesome. time. I didn't really have time to, to do it. We're going to be okay. social to tonight, all, all too. The thing, we are. We're going to get a coheed. What? Yeah. Dude, I might put my contact lenses in because I want to get in there and oh. F somebody oh up in the mosh. You're going to be like the oldest person in that mosh. Band. No, I won't. <laughs> coheed is an old band. That's true. It's from like the 90s. So, yeah. So, sidetrack, but... You know, you already know, but for the listeners. So we're going to go see Coheed and Cambria tonight in concert. They're very good live. At Janice Landing, or Janice Live is what they call it now, which is the location here in St. Pete, Florida. I went to see Coheed at the same exact venue eight years ago. I think that's so cool. I really do. Isn't that weird, though? It's a little weird. I think that's I'm gonna so take, cool. I'm going to take a, because I took a selfie at that concert eight years ago. <laughs> I'm going to take another selfie. And post them side by side. Post them side by side and be like eight years. I think I look pretty much the same. Look how old I, I look actually, now. I actually, like, I, I looked at that picture of you and I'm like, I don't think he's changed that much. Like I can yeah. tell that you were younger, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I would have guessed eight years younger. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you look That's good. Weird. You look good, bro. Appreciate that. Um, Thanks, so yeah. boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the main topic is titled "The Value of Anime Hollywood Adaptations," and I, so I kind of the the few the few talking points that I figured we could go on here and see where the conversation takes us, as is normal. Um, one is what what counts as an adaptation. You have mm-hmm. a lot of movies that obviously are inspired by anime and influenced by anime, but are not a true adaptation versus um, actual adaptations. Then you have what? How do you determine value? How do you ter- that's kind of like saying the success of? How do you determine success? Okay. And then the kind of the last talking point that. I had is, you know, the next big one coming up, now that Ghost in the Shell is out, the next big one coming up is Netflix's adaptation of Death Note. Mm -hmm. And I figured we could talk about that because there's been some news recently surrounding that and kind of go into that a bit. So, um, I would like to argue at some point that Hollywood adaptations of anime don't add a lot of value. Don't add a lot of value. What are you getting out of them exactly? None of them do well. They're, yeah. they're, none of them are great movies. 
fair. They're just not. I mean, right. I mean, you, whether you're a fan, it makes or you not, wonder why they keep trying it. I know that exactly. So it's like when Ghost in the Shell comes out, it wasn't a bad movie. We've already talked about yeah. that. But people go, "Wow, another anime movie." What do we know about anime movies? They're not very good, generally. Usually. Dragon well, Ball's been bad. Live action adaptations of them. Um, Airbender was bad. Street Fighter, bad. Speed Racer, although I like that movie, it did horribly. I haven't seen it. I've heard that I need to, though. It was a huge flop. Christina Ricci looks great. The movie wasn't very good. Aeon Flux, bad. <laughs> Old Boy, bad. Kite, bad. They're all bad movies. So my question here is, where's the value being generated? It's not making anime look good because yeah. they're bad movies. No, it's a good point. I think, um, man, that's a really good question because like, I, I, I think it probably has to do with the fact that there's already an IP that exists. So it's relatively easy for them to just be like, hey, we're just going to take this story. We've already got it made. There's already some sort of a fan base and we're just going to you know, turn it into a, a live action film. But yeah, you really have to consider like, why, if, if they're not making money on them, why do they continue? I, I know Ghost in the Shell currently... I mean, it's made technically its budget back, but not by much. And that and and the budget that you see that they that they put out there is really just like what it costs to actually create the film, not taking into consideration marketing and not taking into consideration, you know, what they have to pay to the theaters, which is a large percentage. So it's it's probably it's definitely still not hasn't has not technically made its money back. Joshua Caleb in the chat is playing devil's advocate and he says there's value if they direct people to the original material. So here's the mm. question I ask both of you. Okay. The people that are watching these movies in theaters primarily what portion of them do you think are just going to see the movie because they're already familiar with the original material and what percentage of people are going into like a ghost in the shell knowing nothing about it and then are afterwards also going back to to find the original material yeah i would say most likely the majority the vast majority of people that are actually going to see this movie are already familiar with it now uh, but they don't have to be i mean if you it's all about how you market it really and and of course the quality of it and who's in it and the director and the writer and everything but like you could take a movie like um like edge of tomorrow which was based off of a um light novel and um you know, I don't know how well it did, but I, but it, it was critically well received and people seem to really enjoy that movie, whether or not they know it's even based on a light novel. Like there are plenty of movies that people don't even know what, if they're based on anything at all that do very well. So I think as long as it's well written and marketed well, you know. So so to answer kind of the question with regards to Edge of Tomorrow, um, the budget was 178 million. Mm -hmm. The box office was 370.5. Okay. Now I think with Edge of Tomorrow, I think, and and I, I I'm trying to find more breakdowns, but I want to say though that it didn't do that well in the U.S. market. Sure. But it more than made up overseas. And a lot of uh, that's that's the case with a lot of movies. Like yeah. Ghost in the Shell made the majority of its money overseas. I mean, you take into consideration China alone has over a billion people, which is, you know, over three times as many people as the States have. Yeah, but most people in China are poor. China yeah, has, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the breakdown of their economy, but... China has this ridiculous dichotomy where half the country lives in Shanghai mm -hmm. and half the country lives in, like, mud houses in the, in the West. So mm -hmm. I just found an article... Uh, posted two years ago, presumably shortly after it came out, and quote, it says, made only $29 million in dom domestic in its opening weekend, although, although overseas it's already amassed $111 million. Yeah. 
So, and and I think I, I think that's something interesting to look at with some with you know talk of these adaptations are, you know. And, and determining that that word value to go back mm. to that is are we defining value as perpetuating anime? Are we defining value as, you know, enriching cinema? Are we defining value as box office? And even in box office, is it domestic or overseas? You well, know? well, you can throw out box office, I think, because most of these movies haven't made a bunch of money. Yeah. And, and well, you know, one movie that's or a movie series really based off of an anime, I guess, technically. Is it based on? I guess, yeah, it is an anime. Transformers. Well, yeah, Transformers has been really successful. Yeah, but inc- incredibly successful, but especially overseas. I mean, the um, most recent, well, let's actually, you know what? Looking at the total, the film series in total across, what do they have, like five, four or five films out? I don't know. There's going to be like 90 of them before Yeah, there are done. five currently. And yeah, we discussed uh, in the last, I think it was well, a couple episodes ago, where I mentioned that Michael Bay says he already has 14 scripts written. What? Yeah, crazy. Why? Because he's making because they've made five, and on a total budget of all five films of about a billion dollars, one point one billion, they've made three point seven billion. You're making a shitload of money. Of course, he's so, gonna make more. Yeah, of them. every movie has been an incredible success, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do believe the vast majority of that money is overseas, especially the Chinese market, yeah, which China is always loves huge for them. Transformers. Um, so much so that uh, Transformers specifically puts and a lot of movies do this as well they'll use like chinese um like cell phones and things like that in the film like the characters will be holding a a phone that is only available in china so they'll product placement yeah they'll do all kinds of like little product placement like that specifically for the overseas market and a lot of but if you but if you throw out transformers and you take all these other movies that i've mentioned and you add up all of their gross profits Right. And losses. Yeah, they're not doing well. Are they even making have they even made any money? So I don't know if that I don't know if that's the right angle to take with a with a creating value. And yeah, it, no, that's a good point. But again, like they're probably just trying because it only takes one to actually work and then you end up with another Transformers franchise, you know? So it's like they're they're throwing it out there to see what sticks. And the majority of these films are not putting a ton of money into. Like I don't know, man. I mean, like Ghost in the Shell had a pretty sizable budget with a hundred hundred million. But like, if you look at something like Dragon Ball, um, well, Dragon Ball, I mean, what was it, Evolution? Was yeah. the name of the movie? Yeah. Like, I think I don't remember what the the budget was, but I remember it wasn't very high. Here well, we just Edge of Tomorrow had a huge budget. Yeah, so Dragon Ball Evolution was a thirty million dollar budget, which is pretty. That's pretty much like an independent film budget. Speed, yeah. Speed Racer and made, it showed. Yeah, and it doubled its money though. So Speed Racer was was, was one hundred twenty million dollars. It only that's net- the Wachowskis too. You have to take into consideration. It only netted ninety three globally. <sighs> Ouch. I mean, and that's a big budget, 120 yeah, million. That's a big loss. That entire movie is CG. Yeah, because there was also a lot of marketing that went into that as well. What else do we have here? We have, um, well, the rest of these movies are definitely low budget movies. Street Fighter, and they're too old to even be com- good comparisons at this point. Yeah. But, and they're not, and they're not, then, and I don't think any of them are great movies. Mm-hmm. Even the Transformers movies, I don't think anybody's going to no. say they're great. So, <laughs> no, we're, we're definitely not, not. We're not enhancing the art form of cinema here. I would, yeah. I would, I would say the first Transformers was mildly amusing. Yeah, I would agree. Well, yeah. it, well, it did have Megan Fox in it. True. That too. That was amusing. Seeing her fixing that car. Oh, it was a motorcycle. Yeah. Huh? Was it a motorcycle or a car? No, it was a car. She was, uh, yeah, she was bent over the hood. Come on, bro. Oh, classic. Yeah, this is classic cinema. As long here. as she's been. Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Just eat, eat, eat fruit. Eat I fruit. made my mac and cheese. It's really good. Yeah. Every time I run into a Wait, piece Wait, the mac of, and cheese or Megan Fox? 
both. Oh. <laughs> Every time I run into a cube of lobster meat, I'm like, oh my god, this is what it is it's to ex- be alive. Explosion of pleasure in your mouth. Megan, is- Megan Fox eating lobster mac and cheese. Anyone? Maybe. 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 Or Megan Fox feeding you lobster mac and cheese. There like you to, go. I'd there like it is. is. Oh my god. Yep. Oh my god. That's how I want to go. By Megan Fox feeding you mac and cheese. Yeah, sitting on the toilet <laughs> as Megan Fox feeds me mac and cheese. <laughs> I, Taking a drop on a big <laughs> D, and then just it, and then the room explodes like a nuclear bomb goes off. That, well, very Michael Bay of that. That's how I want to yeah. go. That's pretty good. Yeah, I want I want to be fed lobster mac and cheese until my blood thickens to the point where <laughs> my heart can no longer pump it and I die. Oh jeez. Yeah. Wow. That's 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 unfortunate. Okay, so anyway, so the question here, so so now the now a question: Do these movies bring awareness to anime? My thought here mm. is that it would only work. That only that only applies if one of two if two things happen. Mm-hmm. One, the person seeing the movie has not yet seen the anime, right? Which or is probably is not a small percentage or is not, of the people that are actually seeing it. Probably a small percentage. What do you want to say? Like twenty percent? Probably, yeah. Now of the twenty percent. A second thing has to happen to those people. They have to like the movie so much mm-hmm. that they go and seek out the source material. If yeah. they even realize it has source, because sure. to go back to your statement, Kazuo, yeah. like I think a lot of people, for example, Edge of Tomorrow, I think is a perfect example of that. Where I'll talk to people and I'll be like, "Yeah, it was based off of a Japanese light novel." Even people who are anime fans, mm-hmm. and they're mind blown. Yeah, yeah. So I, I and and I don't think anyone, even after knowing that, went and hunted down a translation of the light, no, light novel. I and, doubt it. And they don't want you to know it's based on a Japanese light novel, because there's a stigma. Yeah. And they they don't want you to know that. That's not that's not a marketing point. It's no, not, definitely not. It's not. Oh, Ghost in the Shell, and then they talk about the original anime or four hundred well, years. It, They're talking about Scarlett Johansson's butt. Yeah, I mean, but Ghost in the Shell is probably something that you could make that a marketing point because, like the 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 film, the original film is so you know critically acclaimed and you know is, is one of the it is great yeah i mean one of the great anime films of all time not including miyazaki's and stuff like that but you I, know i mean it's a great it's a great movie for sure yeah so i mean that's something they could definitely use as marketing to be like hey this is based off of this amazing you know animated film but yeah the majority of the time no they're not well but then again you look at something like death note they're definitely um you know mentioning the original series on that i mean that's not something that they're shying away from at all. Okay. So that's something to consider. I think it all depends on how big the original series is or the original movie is. And then, you know, whether or not they're willing to use that as a, as a marketing piece. But I, I do think ultimately... I got a piece for you. Oh, boy. I think ultimately, though, it is really just they're looking for, for ideas and they want to take something that's already formed and has some sort of an audience that supports it. And then they're just going to be like, okay, this already exists, so let's just take it and create you know, a movie out of it as opposed to having to come up with a whole new idea. So I think that's really what it is at its core. Looking at Chucky. Why? I don't know. It's your outline. <laughs> it's, it, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's your, well, I don't know. I think, I think we're doing a good job. So what do we think that? about, cause I, I, I mentioned Death Note, the new series. Uh, yeah. What do we think about that? I don't know why it, they're doing it. Well, I don't think it's a series. I think it's a, it's a movie. I, I think it's a Netflix movie. Still don't is know it? why they're doing it. Yeah, it's. Oh. I, I I believe it's a film. I know it's on Netflix. I didn't know if it was a film or a series, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's a film. I feel like my opinions aren't very profitable. Aren't aren't very. Um, most uh, people don't like my opinions here, why? but it's like because there are a lot of people that are listening to this podcast that hear, oh, they're making a Death Note live action movie. I'm so excited. 
right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it is a film. And my thought is there are better, more adaptable properties they could be making a movie out of. And I don't know why they chose Death Note. I don't know. I think, see, I actually, Death Note makes a lot of sense to me. And mm-hmm. here's here's the reasons why Death Note makes a lot of sense to me. One, it has a pretty big following yeah. all over the world. And Netflix is, has done a really good job of going global. So talking about that, you know, maybe things don't do as well domestically as they do internationally. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely think Netflix is a property that's gotten a lot of mind share yeah, and Netflix Everywhere. Netflix knows its numbers, so it yeah. knows how well De- Death Note is doing. I was gonna say, algorithm. wasn't if it's not still, wasn't Death Note even on Netflix? Oh yeah, that's for what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sure that they saw the numbers and were like, "Holy crap, everybody's watching this anime," and you know that's why they went forward with it. Netflix is very good about ma- managing their numbers, but also not telling. They don't tell shit. Yeah, not telling like the creators of that, <laughs> like what the numbers are. So like comedians hate it because. It's like they'll never tell you how successful your your um, special is, so that way you have no bargaining chips. Like when you when yeah. you go to like to re up for another right. special, it's smart. Yeah. But so so I I I think it's a smart choice both domestically and abroad for net for Netflix. Um, I think that it's a smart choice in the sense of I think it's an accept I think it's accessible material mm-hmm. because it falls it kind of falls in that it's paranormal and there's there's one paranormal element and that is the death note itself right but otherwise it's just like ryuk well Well, i attach to the the death note because it's his death note and the death note doesn't exist without him and whatnot but like that's the one paranormal aspect and otherwise death note is just a cat and mouse murder mystery thriller so i think it's accessible to a lot of people because it falls under kind of a formula that people are familiar with without being with a little bit of that supernatural flair for fun but without being too over the top. So I think it'll appeal to people who both like the series and don't even know that the original anime exists. Let me ask a question. Yep. Now, I haven't seen all of Death Note. Okay. I've seen about a third of it. If this is going to tangent, can I fin- just finish my third point? Because I have one more. Uh, it might tangent, so go ahead. Okay. My, my last point of why I think it makes sense for them to do it is because I think it will be cheap to do. Because mm-hmm. other than Nuke, which they could interpret a lot of ways, depending yeah. on how they wanted to. They could what? They could interpret... In- interpret? interpret, interpret, interpret a lot of ways. <laughs> sorry. I didn't even notice it. Until- <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I did. Depending on depending on how they wanted to, like they don't even have to make him quote unquote faithful to the source source mm-hmm. material. They could make him. They could just make him a man in a black suit. I mean, yeah, yeah. Or they could do like a where it's it's kind of like in his imagination or something like that. And yeah, but I'm talking it's like, not like an actual creature sitting in the middle of the room. Yeah, but I'm talking like for special effects. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a cheap film mm-hmm. to make. Yeah, it's just a bunch of people hanging around in rooms. And, right. and the budget is forty to fifty million. And, and writing a name and grabbing a chip and eating it. Yeah. All right. So here's That's, my here's here's my question. Hilarious. As someone who hasn't seen all of Death Note. Yes. Really. I yeah. Huh. So just tell me. Well, Death Note's premise really irritated me really fast. Oh, I remember okay. that. So I'm gonna make a statement, and I want you to tell me if I'm incorrect. Okay. I feel like in making a live action movie of Death Note, mm-hmm. you'd be better off removing Ryuk completely, ending the Death Note movie with cutting it at Jest, Light, and um, L. Yeah. And making it a murder mystery type thing so wait so light is going around killing people like physically you could you can have like the the whole moral conflict theme or whatever yeah. that, that that's going on in death note and you can have the you can have the paranormal of if you write the name in a book and they yeah. die i think i think that but you mm-hmm. got to take the uke out and just make it a murder 
like cat and mouse game. Oh, I disagree. But, yeah, if you remove okay. Ryuk, then like where does the Death Note come from? Is it just like some book that some kid found matter. in a well somewhere? I or mean, something? think about like The Ring. It's a videotape. It kills people. Yeah, it doesn't have to have an explanation. I mean, I guess you could remove him, but. I don't see why you would. See, I don't. I because, think because be, then how is how is light going to even know what the Death Note is or what it because does? The well, average, it had it. The Death Note does have explanation in the true, front yeah. because the average person watching de- watching the movie is going to think Ryuk looks ridiculous. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say you don't. Have to, well, what kind of what you said? You don't have to make him look like uh, some kind of you know monster or whatever. He could just look like you know a, a god of death, like in a black suit and stuff, and all like just just a yeah. normal person. I guess so. I, I don't. I just don't know where. I don't know what, what real. And it, with without all of like the Shinigamis and stuff in the in the, in the show, mm-hmm. without Ryuk, I just don't feel like much changes. It's just a detective a detective anime with a guy who's has a moral conflict and. The thing, the thing that I really like about Ryuk as a character from a, a plot story perspective, <clears throat> is that I feel like Ryuk gives a bit of. An interest one, it gives an interesting counterbalance to the story, in the sense that the story is so weighted in cat and mouse and whatnot that Duke doesn't care what happens. Like he's so far detached and he's you know supernatural that he doesn't care. And I think that's an interesting character perspective to have to the narrative to have someone who's literally like good and evil. I really don't care. I just care that people are dying on the death note. And two. I do think that there is a a beautiful story poetry to when, you know, Light first gets the Death Note and he opens the Death Note and and he's reading it and learning about it and Yuke is like if you write names in this I will be the one to kill you. I I you will you will die by my hand. Mm-hmm. And spoiler, I guess, um that does come to pass right. by at the very end of of the series. And so I actually kind of like that sort of symmetry where it's, it starts out and then, you know, Duke says that and then he functions as that moral, yeah, like completely morally ambiguous character mm-hmm. and then comes back in at the end to basically say, well, this was fun. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to yeah, take Yeah, I definitely like the idea. I think Ryuk in some form definitely has to be there. Otherwise, I think because yeah. I think there's a lot of really good stuff with him, but I am a little wary of them making it too over the top and ridiculous. He I mean he's he is ridiculous. Well, he is. The way Even he, in anime, the way ridiculous. he appears is ridiculous. Yes, like and the things he does are That's ridiculous. what I'm saying is that the main thing is about his appearance because like the the character itself, like his purpose and his and his trajectory throughout the story I think is important and 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 plays a huge part in I the mean, rest of the, of the rest of the I show. Mean, I, Make I'm him really, slender man. I'd rather have him be that. I'm really hopeful William Defoe is playing Duke. <laughs> And I kind of like I really and 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 I'm sure there are people out there listening to this that would crucify me for saying it who are who want it to be very faithful to the anime. And that's fine. That is totally a legitimate opinion. But I would almost want to see like William Defoe, maybe with some like light graying makeup on. Mm-hmm. So he does look kind of a little supernatural esque, a little sickly, a little not all human. Yeah. And maybe I mean, like he some, already does look a little. Not yeah. All right. Human. <laughs> and then like some crazy contacts or something. And then maybe CGI like his teeth to be fang like. But otherwise he looks like a man in a suit. Yeah. You know, and, and go just enough that it's like here is a a mm-hmm. otherworldly entity. Here's something that's not quite human. Another thing to consider is that no one can see Ryuk other than light. Yeah. So that's something to consider is that he doesn't have to be like, you know, some weird creature walking around and confusing everybody that sees him. Nobody, he's invisible to everyone but light. So that's what I was saying. He could, he could even be some kind of like, 
uh, wispy kind of like figment of his imagination who barely like appears barely in shadows and stuff like that. I just hope that whatever they do, they give more explanation for the for L's detective work because in the anime that made no sense at all. What do you mean? How do you mean? He's like, oh, this is this, this is, is a soapbox. This is why I don't like Death Note. It's because in the anime he's like, all the murders take place between three o'clock oh, and five yeah, o'clock. Yeah. So he absolutely has to be a high school student. Right, right. I'm like, okay, no, it makes no sense at all. True. Oh, and he knows this, so he has to be the son of a detective. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, you just pulled something out of your complete ass. Yeah, that's it, a, that's a fair point. It I made mean, no sense at all. It was horrible. Yeah, and that's something that I commented on a long time ago about. Just in order to write someone who is a genius, like it's really hard to do if you're you yourself are not in exactly. Some way a you can't write something smarter than you. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. the writers of Death Note are that smart. Well, I'm sure they're plenty smart, but they're not. Well, they did a bad job. Incredible of, detectives, perhaps. That that detective work was. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, it would it would have made more sense for L to be a psychic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and then I'd get it, but I, no. I do tend to trust Netflix, though. I mean, they've got. Uh, uh, insane amount of money and resources and they tend to do really well so I and that's the thing that I come back to is like Netflix overall um I think is has done a really good job with their various adaptations I personally celebrate the the age of you know these Netflix Hulu HBO adaptations where they're getting to play in sandboxes that Hollywood and big cable has never touched and they're doing well. And so, I mean, I kind of, and to, to our earlier point, Netflix has the numbers, they know their viewer base. And this also isn't something where it's like, you're asking people to spend money to take time out of their day, Mm -hmm. get to a theater, spend money on a ticket for them and probably their friends for something that they know is going to be mediocre. Even if death note is mediocre, I would, venture a bet that a large majority of all anime fans who have a Netflix subscription will still watch it because it's part of the subscription. At least the first half. At at least the first half, yeah. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to see Netflix make other than Death Note? Because I do. As far as anime series? Oh, man. Let me guess. You're going to say Crest of the Stars? No. (laughs) I think that would be really hard to do. Definitely. And it'd be very expensive. Yeah. I'm all for like space operas though. Like there's definitely not, not nearly enough of those. Oh, I mean, there's like never, you never get any. Yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking like bubblegum crisis would be a little more, it would be, it would be easier Mm -hmm. to do something like um, some of the old police anime would be good. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I was thinking some slice of life. Yeah. Hanasaka Iroha. Your Lie in April. Yeah. I mean, now, now a lot of these, they would have to change. Like, I don't think Your Lie in April would work in a live action adaptation if they kept the characters the same age. Like, if they still mm-hmm. kept them in junior high. Yeah. I don't think that would do as well. I think they would have to age them to high school, high school or college, college even. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think Slice of Life would do amazingly, yeah. especially, again those slice of life with that little bit of a paranormal flair, because mm-hmm. I think people, I think that does really well. I think, think like stranger things yeah. where it's, you know, there's, there's that paranormal aspect to mm-hmm. it, but most of the, the anime take, or most of the anime, most of the show <laughs> takes place in the quote unquote real world. Right. So I think slice of life with a little bit of something supernatural. You know what they should make? Too. A live action free. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Just watch the Olympics uh-huh. or uh, or Haikyuu. Lots of good lots of good suggestions from the chat. Space Brothers, Noir, Steins Gate, Nana, Twelve Kingdoms. 
and about six mo- times people were suggested monster. Yeah, that well, would be monster awesome. would be amazing. Which, you know what else? Detective Conan. <laughs> sure, why not? Be- Actually, probably would work. That would be awesome. Mo- monster is perfect because it's also a, a detective show, like a murder mystery, murder thriller, but written. I mean, I'm sorry, Death Note fans. It's written way better than Death Note. Mm. So, and it would make more sense. See, like I, I, my take is, you got to find a property that is going to appeal to Western audiences. I have, I have something that may blow your mind, Mitsugi. Uh, yeah. You can actually I, probably not your mind. It'll probably blow the listener's mind though. Is that we can say something is written better mm. without it being a diss of something else. Like uh, I can agree, oh, monsters, really? monsters written better. So you're better. saying we can like different things and no. say something is maybe even technically better. But I'm an but asshole. both can be good. It could. I'm actually not. I'm such a. Huh. <laughs> Here's a question. Do you think anybody in real life would believe how like cuddly and affectionate I am in real life? I think so. We all. I they don't all, think so. They see right through you. People think that I'm like that. I'm like this ball of of uh, of like uh, of of sticky tack that like has shards of broken glass sticking out of it. Okay. A ball of sticky tack with shards of broken glass. Okay, yeah. so they think you're prickly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Deadly. Mm. Interesting. That's not, yeah. I kill you. So here's a question about Death Note and about adaptations and about westernization of stuff. How do we, how do we feel about, I guess we could say specifically Death Note and, you know, the, the change of like going from Light Yagami and all that to Light Turner and the quote unquote whitewashing of the show Uh and and of anime in, in general. So, so I think. I'm okay with it. I think this is, this is something interesting because. One of the the producers of the upcoming film, Roy Lee, in the past two or three days, so this is really timely, mm. I guess made a couple statements with regards to all of the press about whitewashing and whatnot. And and there's there's a lot of things online about it. There's a petition that almost has 17,000 signatures to boycott the film for it. Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely a hot button issue that I think, as it should overall, is, is getting more media mindshare. And Roy Lee apparently says... Quote, I can understand the criticism, dot, 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 if our version of Death Note was set in Japan and featured characters that were Japanese named or of Japanese ancestry. Mm-hmm. Uh, further on, it is an interpretation of that story in a different culture. So there are going to be some obvious changes. Some people will like them, some people may not. But the changes were necessary to make it more appealing to the U.S. or to the English language market. Mm. Of the, of the key actors, one of them is Asian, one is African-American, and three are Caucasian, saying whitewashing is also somewhat offensive since one of our three leads is African-American. People can criticize it, but I'd say they should see the movie first. Then they could accuse us of not having a diverse enough cast. Just judge the movie after it comes out. I, so, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, you know, I, shouldn't even, I shouldn't even open my mouth. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's just so dangerous. I mean, so, okay. Uh, all right. So initially, my reaction is uh, what I think a lot of people's reaction would be, which is that, man, why do they keep taking all of these great Japanese th- products and then flipping them and you know having like white leads or whatever in them? But then, as I as I um, ruminate and ponder over it longer, I think, okay, well, but they really are just adapting this and bringing this to a different country. It's really no different than, I mean something like the ring or any of these other Japanese movies that they take from Japan and, and produce in, in the, in the States. And how about, how about taking a Japanese video game and believe it or not, translating it? 
Yeah, okay, yeah. Because ain't no one going to play Persona 5 in yeah, Japanese. It's not too different. Well, it would You be, whitewashed it because well, they actually speak Japanese. That's not that's that's a little bit of a stretch. Like it it's would be not, it's it would same, be if, almost the same thing. Not really, it's just translating. But if you were to say take Persona and then change the names of the character and change the image of the character into like, you know, instead of whatever like Ryusuke or whatever his name is, you'd be like, "Oh, his name is Fred." All and the characters he now looks like this. But, I, but the, the, that that would be a little different. The thing I don't get is that in anime, almost no one looks Asian. Yeah. Well, so like, what are we doing? Yeah. I but they I look but, white. But I do understand the the concept of taking a pro, take, taking something, a story, and then changing it to fit your culture. To, to, I don't know if that's necessarily add, so wrong. To add to that, Godius Maximus in the chat says, the whole whitewashing thing is bullshit. Nobody would bat an eyelid if Japan made a version of a Western film with Japanese actors. Mm. It's only because it is white people that people are making a fuss. And and I, I kind of go I kind of go back to a, a couple things with this, and I've and I've said them before. One, I I try to recognize that it is hard for me to talk about some of these issues mm -hmm. because I am coming from a position of privilege and a position of power. Is that why you guys Even, brought me on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that is the only like, reason. Like, we need a brown <laughs> person. No, Who I... can but, we get? But, like, I can, I can look at it and I can say, you know, I am, I am white. Mm -hmm. I am the whitest white girl you will probably Are ever. you, though? I'm, I'm pretty white. Race is a show, that girl, social construct. Um, that girl is white. But, uh, you know, I, I'm... I, I have, you know, I'm a female, so I'm not the top of the totem pole. Are you, though? Yeah, I identify as okay. <laughs> Um So I'm not the top, top of the totem pole in, in America's... I'm a, I'm a potato chip, so... Social hierarchy. You are what you eat. I am. But I, I, I do have a lot of privilege that comes naturally, naturally being air-quoted mm -hmm. as in the way society has been constructed. Mm -hmm. um, and it's sometimes... I, hard for me to even recognize my own privilege. And that's something that I've been trying to get better about. But one of the things that I guess I come to with something like this is I really support the idea of having more diverse casts mm -hmm. and and just having more opportunities for people to play the roles. Sure. So I like the I like the fact that the producer said, and I didn't know that until I read it, that there is you know an African American actor, that there is an Asian mm -hmm. actor, um, and or an actor of Asian descent. I think they said it was an Asian American. Um, and so I I like that. And and one of my biggest things about whitewashing is that it takes opportunities for minority actors mm -hmm. to be in spotlight roles and takes them out of you know the minority actors ability and right. puts it just continually back into you know we're just going to cast a white person because that's what sells right. and, I, and I think that's starting to fade away so I like that aspect to your point Kazuo I can see you know the fact that they're making an adaptation mm -hmm. but my question would be I feel like that that argument in my mind only holds up if they really went for, we are going to use this as an inspiration, mm -hmm. but we're making it our own. Yeah. So, so where I differ there is that, um, I, in my mind, they can remake the exact same story, but they're, they're moving it to a different location. I don't think necessarily, um, so, okay. So the original death note takes place in Japan. It's about a Japanese student we don't live in Japan and Netflix is not a company in Japan. And the majority of their shows are aimed towards people that live in America. 
and the majority of people in America, yep. let me, let me the majority of people that live in America are white people. So if they're going to take a show and move it to a different location, it's just like if they were going to take the show and move it to um, South America, they would want to make it about a South American kid. If they were going to take it and move it to, you know, um, Italy, they would want to make it about an Italian kid. So they're moving, they're taking the show and they're reproducing it in America. So they want to make it about a generic American kid, which statistically would be a white kid, a white male due to just numbers. So I can, I can understand that. I think where I have an issue is if the show or if the content was specifically Japanese, like, um, a story about Japan or about any other culture for that matter. It's a story about people in Africa and then they make the characters or if it's, it's a story about Egypt, for example, with what was the name of that movie? Gods of Egypt, where yeah. everyone was white. Yeah. It's like the movie is gods of Egypt. It takes place in Egypt about Egyptians and you're casting all white people. That doesn't make that's whitewashing 100 percent. Yeah. But if it's a show where they're like, hey, we're going to take this interesting story and move it to a different location. I don't really have a problem with them casting people that are from that location or people that are the standard or the 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 average in that location. Go ahead. Well, and that's kind of what that's kind of what I was saying in the sense of as long as they're truly making it their own story, mm-hmm. like like m- adapting it in their own way, like mm-hmm. adding their own spin to it. And, and I, I, but I don't even know if they have to do that. I think it's just they're just relocating it They're It's like taking a foreign film and, and any any foreign film and just recreating it for your audience. Your audience is in the States and the average person that lives in the states is a white male but i think i think though i think though again even following that argument though because if you're doing it to the average person in the states other things will inherently have to change as a result of adaptation and localization i mean Mm. jokes that fly in japan are not going to fly in the states cultural references are going to be different and i think the sum culmination of all of that will result in a very different feeling yeah kind of kind of production if it's done yeah. to a true extent because you know in in japan you have characters that are shy to even talk to a member of the opposite sex but mm-hmm. if you had it to that quote-unquote extreme by american standards it would be weird it would be weird yeah so so i think i think it's kind of you know yeah. it has to make sense so, I, oh god so yeah i've been I have a, first of all, this mac and cheese are really good. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's gone. All right. Did it change I, your life? Thanks for saving some for us. Oh, there's more. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I buy it by the tray. So I have, I have a complex mm. of being offensive. What? Yeah. Because every time I say something, mm. someone gets offended by it. Mm. So well, please. Not, not anytime. You, well, actually most of the pretty time. Pretty much. So I'm going to require, I'm going to rely on both of you to stop me. Okay. If okay. I say something I'm I should not, not say. Them. But I just think that people are a little bit clueless. Okay. You have a, you have a company, you have a company mm-hmm. whose mission is, believe it or not, to make money. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. They have don't you, give a shit I'm gonna, about I'm going to stop you, you real quick because uh, you asked me to. I don't think it's necessarily the things you say that might be offensive. Okay. I think it's the manner in which you okay, say well, them. Okay, well, I'm very like So when you, when you make it sound like everyone's an idiot but you, I think people might get offended by I'm that. just passionate, right? So like, <laughs> believe it or I'm not, trying to help. believe it or not, Netflix is a company that is a public, goes right back to it. Is a, <laughs> is, a, is a publicly traded company that exists to make money, mm-hmm. and they don't care about you or me or Kazuo or Chiaki or anime or anything. Mm-hmm. They just care about money. True. It's a public company, so just forget about anything else. I work for a corporation. I know what it. I know what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
you have a company like Netflix that's going to put $50 million into a movie. Right. Right? They have a risk assessment, and they say, here's our chances of making a profit on this movie. Well, you better believe that they're going to do everything in their power to make sure they can make their money back mm -hmm. because they want to reduce their risk. Yeah. And so, of course, they're going to cast a popular white actor like Willem Dafoe mm -hmm. for, for an anime character that looks white anyway in the anime. I, I don't think anyone really talked about William Dafoe because Duke is not human. Yeah, he's not human. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to have an app. But like, it's the same thing with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Well, but to can be you, fair, they cast you, in um, the lead, they cast complete unknowns. Can you imagine how badly so. Ghost in the Shell would do without Scarlett Johansson? That movie would have been an absolute ca catastrophic failure. Perhaps. It's going to lose money with her in it. Yeah. So people, these people that complain about whitewashing, they just, they don't understand that the company is trying to, just trying to reduce, well, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing at it. Should I stop? No. Should I stop? No, no continue. You're, You're good. good. They don't understand that. That that's just how the world works. That's how the world works. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make their money back. They're trying to reduce their risk. And I just think people like to complain about everything. I I wouldn't disagree with that part. Everything. Yeah. I here's here's my here's my stance on that though, or counter argument, or however you want to see it. I get what you're saying in the sense of businesses are looking out for themselves and their shareholders, and you can't expect you can't expect a business to do anything more than that. Yeah. But I will say it then falls to the onus then falls on the consumer to hold those businesses morally accountable. Which is never going to happen. But it it has. It mm -hmm. has over the years. Change has been slow, but it has. Mm -hmm. That's how we end up with things like child labor laws. Right. And, you know, EP, EPA kind mm -hmm. of things or, or companies moving away from various chemicals that used to be commonplace in foods and whatnot, but now that aren't used because there's been social backlash against them and companies don't want to be associated with that. And right. so I, I feel like, yes, companies will look after themselves, but to say that it's pointless for we as consumers to try to hold them accountable is also not the right way to approach it because if it's a dangerous argument because if you follow it to its logical conclusion, that's how we end up with business without morals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but what moral what morals are you are you are you violating here? I don't know. I'm, I'm missing yeah. the moral. I'm missing the moral like shutdown. Where is where is the ethical breach? Uh, well, I, I think it has to do with kind of the whole idea of them primarily and almost solely casting white people and not giving minorities a role or a shot. I think another thing, though, on the opposite end of that that I also don't like is I don't like diversity for diversity's sake. Like, I don't like the idea of, all right, look, we're going to need at least one black guy. We're going to need two Spanish people. We're going to need, you know, three or what? Two and a half Asians. Don't you find Asians. that? Don't you find, so that, a, a mix. Don't you find like that about a, as about as offensive as whitewashing? Yeah, exactly. You're and that's what I'm saying is I don't and I, like and, and the same reason why I don't like because I, I think what it does. And this is a big problem just overall with our society when it comes to um, like it, not just race, but also gender. I think what it, it does is it paints a picture that you can't. That that you're not good enough, or you're not capable of defending yourself and of 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 getting by on your own merit. So you need the government to say, "Well, they have to hire you." And and I and I agree, I agree with that, but I I also I sometimes I can't outright a hundred percent agree with it. And yeah. and and here's why is and I'll use what I'm familiar with, which is you know females in, in corporate America and, and women in leadership positions in corporate America. And it's, it's an applicable example in the sense that 
it's not intentional sexism mm. that keeps women off the boards or out of leadership positions. Mm. And yet less than I think 4% of CEOs of the Fortune 500 are women. Right. And that's really disproportionate. That's not like, you know, 40 and yeah. 60. That's really disproportionate. And and part of the reason why is because men have men held the leadership position before women could. Mm-hmm. But now that women can, it's still that kind of boys club mentality yeah. of guys oftentimes will go to the people that they came up with, which were other men. Right. And so it's it's kind of that, it's not an intentional, like no one's sitting there thinking, oh, I don't want her because she's a woman. Right. But it's the, oh, I've worked most closely with, or I've seen this person who's usually that yeah. kind of, you know, same cycle. Right. And so somebody I, that they're familiar with and comfortable with. And usually you you associate with people that are similar to yourself. Exactly. So while, while I agree in that, you know, sometimes it is frustrating to mm-hmm. have those things where it's like, you know, we have to have, we, we have to meet quotas and tokens well, but sometimes are dangerous. it doesn't make sense though. Cause it's like, you look at, so I agree in that there should be, it's unfortunate. It's incredibly unfortunate, but in the society that we live in, there have to be some kind of safety measures or, 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 or ways to promote uh, minorities and women in, in certain things, whether man, it's, whether it's acting or, or whatever it may man, be. Man, if you had made L black, you would have just as many people pissed off. Um, he is. L's black in the movie. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, no. how's that whitewashing? Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, is is the yeah. is the L character? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, but, that was. I mean, he is actually. No, I'm really. I didn't know that. No, he is. Yeah. I'm really um, confused. I forget his name, but yeah, he's L is black. But he's not. What? He's not Japanese. But anyways, the point. You, wait a second. <laughs> How is it whitewashing if the main that's character the, is not the main character? Light is the main pro- character. That's what the producer said. Was he's like, I actually kind of find it weird that you're saying whitewashing because we do have one of the a two di- main characters is black. All right, I'm walking away from this discussion because so, I don't buy. I, don't, I just can't even be a part of it. So the point I was making was that <laughs> he's like, I'm out. I'm like Bill Belichick. I'm taking off the headphones. Um, the point I was making was that it's unfortunate that there have to be measures in place to provide guaranteed roles both in acting or in business for minorities and women. Um, it's unfortunate that that's the case. I do see the reason that they exist, but I also don't like the idea of them existing for in the, in a way that maybe there's just, maybe just maybe the best people for this particular role that they, that they just because we're talking about the show, maybe they, they had several people that they had audition and the best guy for the role was a white guy. Like he just happened to do the best job, but they're like, sorry, we can't hire you because it's gotta be a Japanese or a black guy or a Spanish guy. You know, it's like that I don't like either, you know, ideally you get both, you get diversity and the best person for the job. Ideally you hire the best person for the job. And that ends up being, but unfortunately that's not the case, which leads us down a road where we have to make these adjustments that, are, are just going to, that also cause problems in their own way. So it's like, it's a lose-lose. I'm really, really, Godius Maximus in the chat had the best solution. And this might be a good place to kind of end on. Okay. And that was, can we ju- not just cast the rock in every role? Absolutely. And that's really, that's 100%. that's the best way to end this. Is that The rock as Ryuk. The rock as, oh, oh my God. I'd watch that. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be so good. I'd watch that. <laughs> I would love, I would love to see that and him not even have a script. Can like, I, just be like, this is your character. This is the plot. Just 
He's like, uh, he's just, he's just sitting there jacked up, like, listen up, you candy ass. Gonna- <laughs> I want to ask a question because I'm really frustrated. Okay. And then All I right. think we should go to the news break after you answer the question. Okay. Okay. L is black. Yes. I honestly didn't know that. So it's still whitewashing. What do we, what, what has to occur? Mm. Because like to me, Netflix is doing exactly what people want. They're, they're taking a character and giving a minority a shot. Right? Am I right there? He's the main character. He's Elle well. He's obvi- one of the two main characters. El is obviously not black. Is not black. Yeah. Okay. He's Asian or whatever. So, mm. what has to occur for them for people to be happy? Is it even possible to make people happy? Well, it, no. It, I think uh, it, then if it's not possible to make people happy, Netflix should say fuck you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do what what gives us the best shot at making our money. Yeah. Because you can't make any you can't make people happy. They will not be satisfied. Why bother trying? You can't make every character in no. the show like this person's a Native American, this person's black, this person's Asian, yeah. this person's polka dots. Well, that's kind you, of it's, you can't have every character look like that because then the every because someone's going to be pissed because that character <laughs> he's, he's so angry. Well, it's so frustrating. People people need to be more worried. People need to be worried about more important things in their own personal lives than bitching about everything. Mitsuki, I'm going to agree with you that people will always find a reason mm-hmm. to complain, and that's and, and that's why something. should Netflix care? They they obviously the, put forth an put put forth a conscious effort. The the point is, yet, is that Netflix shouldn't care. We needed a podcast topic. Look, <laughs> it's a great topic too. We've been having a nice, passionate discussion about it. In the wise words of Bill Cosby, people are never happy. Really? If you try to make <laughs> the, the only way was it? If you try to make everyone happy, then you'll make no one happy or some crap like that. I don't know if we can trust him though. <laughs> in in the wise world, words of one of my business professors, you cannot be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. People will never unless be you're happy. Jesus, because he was all things to all people. I need a news break. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> Please right. get me out of here before I say something I truly will regret. On that note, we're gonna take another news break. When we come back, we will go, be going through some impressions for this season. So stick around. We'll see you after the break. Hey everybody, this is Mitsugi and it's time for your second anime news break. Getting us started off, strangely enough, we have another news article from coming out of McDonald's. There was previously a commercial from McDonald's that was featured in anime style a couple years ago. That was very cute, it was on TV and a lot of us remember that. Well now, there is a they have released a two minute anime commercial starring AKB48 members Yui Yokoyama and Nino Kabe that is animated by Studio... Colorado that is forming as a sequel to the original commercial. In this commercial, Sumide, the manager of the McDonald's, is hunting for a corporate job and one of her underlings swears that she can handle the job at McDonald's by herself, so the manager goes out to interview and thanks to her business skills that she picked up over her four years at McDonald's, she's able to have a lot of success interviewing and is very confident and familiar with her work. So. It looks like this could be a little bit of propaganda for McDonald's, no doubt, but it looks like at least there is a cute little anime commercial floating around on television. Next up, Ajin, which is a CG anime that we liked very much coming out of Polygon Pictures, announced that the first season of Ajin is going to be shown on Singapore Airlines in-flight entertainment. This is going to be available on the airline from May 1st to August 31st, so much most of the summer. And Singapore Airlines is going to be the first airline to make this anime available on its in-flight entertainment. So, 
It's nice to see that anime is being distributed in places where it normally can't be found, which would include airlines. So, that's a good thing to hear. Next up, jumping back to video games, Sony has announced that it has shipped 60 million PS4 consoles worldwide. Sony released the PlayStation 4 back in November of 2013 and in Japan of February 2014, and Sony shipped 7.5 million PS4 units during its fiscal 2013, 15 million units during fiscal 14, and an increasing number since then. So it looks like this is a, an incredibly successful video game console and just shows that console gaming is indeed still healthy and that people are still interested in playing consoles in their living rooms. So that's good news for me, who enjoys consoles very much. I'm very happy about this. Next up, we have a very odd news story coming out of Russia. Russian prosecutors requested that a 3.5-year sentence for a man named Ruslan Sokolovsky, who was who is a Russian blogger, they wanted to have this verdict lifted or at least reviewed. The boy, a 22-year-old, was reportedly arrested on August thir- on August 11th for playing Pokemon Go inside of a church in Russia. He was charged with incitement to hatred and attacks on the liberty of faith, that being a direct quote, and the Russian church, which was the Church of All Saints, is the place where Tsar Nicholas II, the last emperor of Russia, and his family were killed. So it looks like in Russia you can be arrested and put in jail for almost four years for playing Pokemon Go, which seems a little bit ridiculous to me, but who knows, it's Russia. This was Mitsugi, and this was your second anime news break. Now, time to get back to the podcast. Talking about anime is fun. Even though every host of the AAA podcast is super addicted to anime, we do have other hobbies. I write and read a lot of books. Kimiko is a bartender. I love comics, and Mitsugi and I both love sports. And I think we all love video games and movies. That's why we made Hobby Addicts. Yep. They're brand new podcasts about other hobbies we enjoy. If you want to get a new episode of Hobby Addicts every week, head to aapodcast.com slash join and select the $5 tier. You'll need to make a membership if you haven't already or don't have one from the forums. But once you do and get yourself signed up, you'll be enjoying all kinds of new content from the AAA podcast. Oh, yeah. Hey, Steve Bloom here, voice of Spike Spiegel. Vincent Valentine. Leron from Gurren Lagan. Gilman from Digimon. And a bunch of other crap. And I am a total anime addict, dude. <laughs> Tune in or else. Back to the 369th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. Yeah. We're going to do some impressions. I have quelled my anger with chicken tender subs. Yep. We're going to do some impressions. A datran. A datran. Of course, before we get to those impressions. I'm going to stop this plane. A datran. (laughs) Before we get to those impressions, we've got a five star review. Of course, you can leave us a five star review on iTunes. Um, Head over there, leave a review. We will read it on the show. 
We are bribing you for your love. <laughs> I think Chiaki. Is there any other way to get love? No, look, you, some, we all pay. One way or another, we pay. <laughs> I think Chiaki should read it. All right. With her ass. What? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, would you like to read that five-star review? Sure. With my mouth. With your mouth. Hypocritical misanthrope writes, the AAA podcast hope, 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 hopes. Hope. Make the music with your mouth, babe. <laughs> the AAA podcast hosts are made up of a dynamic group of people, and it's wonderful to listen to them every week. We're wonderful to listen to. We're, I feel like I should put that on my resume. Wonderful to listen to. And we're also a dynamic group of people. We are dynamic. One might even dare say diverse. We are diverse, uh, actually. We sure are. Yeah. Actually, we kind of are. I mean, we got yeah. members of the LGBTQ community. True. We have different ethnicities. Yeah, definitely. We have uh, different genders. We're, mm. we're actually gender equal. I'm actually a potato chip. <laughs> Mitsugi identifies yeah. as a potato chip. That's true. I identify as the brave little toaster. I love that movie. <laughs> I've already established that I identify as female, so. Okay. Well, I know. You right. can't win them all. <sighs> That's, I'm sorry. Um, okay. So, we've got some impressions to get through. I think I've got two. Chiaki's got two. Mitsuki's got one. So, I will start us off. Uh, the show I will be doing an impression of today, or the first one, is Atom, The Beginning. Or Adam, The Beginning. A-T-O-M. Um, I didn't know they were remaking Astro Boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of? Uh, I think I thought it was a prequel. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. Wait, so, really? Yes. So here's the synopsis. Um, this is off of my anime list. Uh, it says, Japan in the near future suffers an unexplained major disaster, which they never discuss in the show so far. Um, five years later, reconstruction is well underway. Two young researchers at a university are pinning all their hopes on robot development. Uh, now their new interpretation of the eternal hero Astro Boy uh, up until his birth is just about to start. So yes, it is a prequel. It takes place... Um, basically when the two doctors, what are their names? Uh, I know one Dr. Is, Styles. Ah, I love I know that one game. Is Tenma. Who is the other one? Dr. Tenma is the, is the main character of monster. Well, his name is, this guy's name is also Tenma. Inter- inter- interesting. Um, I wonder crap. if that's an homage. What? I wonder if that's an homage. Which one? Uh, well, I guess monster. Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's about these two doctors. It, it's yeah. It takes place well before Astro Boy, uh, and they are students at a university, and they're working on robotics, and they create a robot named Six. Um, I think his full name is like A one zero six or something like that. Um, I don't know. There's not a lot of information on this page that I'm looking at, but whatever. I'll just go off of what I watched. Uh, so I've seen the first three episodes. The third episode actually came out today so i just watched it this morning um and yeah they build a robot his name is six or they call him six and he has he's kind of has like he's like super powered so he can like jump i think he can kind of fly but i don't know if really he just jumps really high and he punches really hard and so like in the first episode they're working at some kind of parade thing and a fire breaks out and so six shows up and he punches a water tower and water goes everywhere and puts out the fire um second episode there's like a, ro- a another bad robot that comes and like gets into a fight with six. There's some cool like fight scenes in this. Um, it's pretty well animated. At least the fight scenes are um, the rest of it. They definitely have kind of like an old school vibe to it because it, you know, it's based on a much older show uh, just as far as like the art style. Um, but then in the third episode, uh, it's kind of like not, not a lot really happens in the show. So in the third episode, they're looking for a dog, like some, some, detective comes by and he's working a case and trying to find a dog that belongs to some old guy 
And so the whole show is them trying to find a dog. So not a lot is really happening, at least so far in the show. It's just, it's pretty much started with filler. Like it introduces the characters and then they just have nothing happen. Like they're like, Hey, this is today. We're going to find a dog. And then the other day we're going to go on a parade. (laughs) It's like, all right, I guess. Um, it's not bad. It's, I think it's only supposed to be 12 episodes, but nothing of interest has really happened at this point. And I have no reason to believe that anything of interest is going to happen. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an okay show, but I'm, I'm going to be failing Adam, unfortunately. That is one big pile of shit. That is the first time in my life that I had ever gotten halfway through a swallow and actually felt it come back up. It was not a good experience for me. All right. All right. I feel like that actually works as a fail drop. It was not a good experience for me. Um, so I'll give the next impression on Grand Blue Fantasy. Um, Grand Blue Fantasy was, is originally a role-playing Android and iOS game developed by Psy Games, first released in Japan on March 2014. Um, and this is a, a fairly notable uh, role-playing game, despite being mobile, because um, music composer Nobuo Uematsu and art director Hideo Minaba were reunited on this project. Reunited and, and it, it feels, feels so good. good. Um, and uh, the last times they worked together were fi- for Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy IX, and Lost Odyssey to kind of give people an three idea. Great, three great games. Yeah. So um, they they came together on on the game. It is a single player role playing game, and this is the anime adaptation of it. And based on the first three episodes, it's really obvious that it it feels like a game when you're watching it. Like, it feels like that there's the opening cutscene moment, the moment where it transfers to what would be the playable character in his small (laughs) farm town village. He sees something fall from the sky and runs into the forest, and it's a girl who has some kind of magic power that we know from the cutscene. You mean they found a girl? Oh, no. Unconscious in the forest. The exact same thing happens in Clockwork Planet. <laughs> yeah, right? I, the exact same thing happens in a lot of anime. I mean, even Castle in the Sky basically follows that formula. Girl falls. Girl falls from sky. Girl falls from sky. <laughs> Boy finds. Um, you know, that happens in, in Empty Geist, too. Well, <laughs> except, except you get to see Geist's manly buttocks. Oh, boy. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, girl falls from sky. There's a, a female knight protecting her. We have magic boob armor that allows us to really, you know, see nice. the boobs well, despite also mm, being armor. Yeah. Um, you know, boy's father is gone, gave cryptic message of like, I'll meet you in this far off land type of thing. Boy, and there's Bahamut. Because oh, okay. as you you know, sure. as you need when you're adapting a game, you need Bahamut. Mm. Um Bahamut just shows up and says hi. Bahamut in first, good in the first episode. Just mm. like, hey, what's up? Kills Hydra. <laughs> All right. Not not Hydra as in like, oh, like, like Captain America. Not not Kill, that. Kills the, the serpent. The serpent. Okay. Or the or the torrent site. Or that. Yeah. Is a torrent not, site called Hydra? Yeah. You for for a while, that? the Pirate Bay was calling themselves Hydra because... Oh, that's right. Yeah, every time you cut off a head, two, two more appear. Yeah, I don't do torrents anymore because my internet service provider sends me letters <laughs> saying, hey, really? well, F them. Dude, for anything, like if what? I use, like anything at all, they're like, hey, we noticed you downloaded this on this day. I'm like, Jesus, Good, guys. Do something about it, <laughs> asshole. Do you want to comment on my porn taste next? Yeah, serious. 
Seriously. <laughs> have, yeah, you want to watch me jerk off? That's why I put tape over my over my uh, cameras on my laptop. Uh, that's why I put a wide angle lens. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but but long <laughs> long story short, you know, boy ends up becoming in this kind of magical agreement where his life force is entangled with the girls and goes off on the adventure. We get requisite backstory on each of the characters. We are slowly forming the party. This is. The thing about Grand Blue Fantasy is it kind of reminded me of Akashic whatever records that I gave an impression on last week in the sense of it is formulaic to to a fault. And it is going to be you watch the first episode and you know the show you're watching. It's just here are the tropes. Here's the formula. We're going to do it. And it's not that it does it bad. If anything, it does it pretty well. I mean, it looks it. There is. There is a almost hand-drawn, old-school hand-drawn quality to it that I actually kind of like in the animation style. So it doesn't look bad. It doesn't do anything offensive. The The plot isn't amazing, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing with this anime is it just falls in average territory. Yeah. It's not... And we've got a lot of great shows this season. So, And, and that's the thing with it is that it, maybe if this were a weaker season, I would pass this because I know it's... I, I get the feeling. Whoop, I get the feeling that it's not gonna suck, mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like a good example is Rage of Bahamut, which yes. is what I go to now when it's like adapted off of a game. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like Rage of Bahamut, and maybe it's because it was a card game and didn't have a story to work with. They took some risks in that, and yeah. they they did some interesting things with the characterization that were still formulaic, but were in well, just different enough. Right. This is gonna be safe, stable, par for the course. I can't even not recommend that people don't watch it. I just don't think it's one of the ones that we should watch yeah. and give it a, give a full review on, unless it'll be up for viewers' choice, Maybe. and if you think we should watch it. So I'm I'm. It's probably too good for viewers' choice. Probably. Yeah. I am not passing the show. Not a hard fail, but I'm just not passing. Yeah, but I already ate this shit burger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trying some different fail drops. I see. Yeah. All right. I like it. Why not? So I am going to do an anime now called Era Manga Sensei. Okay, Era Manga Sensei is an anime that is done by Studio A1 Pictures, very well-known studio. The director of this of the anime is Ryohei Takeshita, who has directed. Let's see. He has directed. Um, looks like nothing. Nothing. Okay, there you go. All right, so. Oh, no, he was the chief director of Gekon Shoujo nozaki Hell yeah. Yeah. Nozaki, my man. So, okay. So this is an anime about, I think most of us know what it's about by now, but it's about a boy who whose name is Izumi, and he is a light novelist who, I guess, does adult novels or does novels in which there are there is a need for scantily clad girl pictures. Which I don't know why a young boy who's barely old enough to like girls is writing like porn or etchy monk or etchy light novels because he well, doesn't know what he's re- probably writing. You didn't know me when I was a young boy. Oh, well, I did. When you were two, <laughs> when I was your first shootout, <laughs> middle of the street, and a and a and a fight broke out. No, when I was like eleven, my first drug deal. <laughs> growing, really? up, growing up, Kazuo, the sequel. <laughs> So, okay, so he so that's what he does for a living, I guess, even though he's like 12. And you find out that, well, his little sister, who is a shut-in, she's a hikikomori, she lives in his house. I swear I've, I've seen the show already. She hasn't come out of his room, she hasn't come out of her room in a year or whatever, is the 
is the Aero Manga Sensei artist who does the illustrations for his books. So mm-hmm. unknowingly, he somehow didn't this. he yeah. didn't know this. How does that work? Uh, plot. <laughs> so she, because he, anime. he didn't know this until he saw a live stream of the Vera Manga Sensei that was going on on her webcam from her bedroom, and he recognizes her bedroom or her in the video and knows that it's her. Okay, wait, she's doing a live. She's doing like a lot one of those like live videos where you draw like she's oh, okay. like drawing live, drawing yeah. or, and whatever people are chatting with her. And he's like, I know that desk and that hand. He's like. Yeah, I can't remember how how he recognizes her, but he knows it's her. And so eventually, you know, she comes out of her room and for like the first time and just says hello and then she runs back in. <laughs> and throughout the course of the three episodes, there's another girl who moves in next door who is a much more popular author who is also like is her name Elise Kova? 14. Uh, her name <laughs> is her name is Elf. Oh. Elf Yamada. It's close. And she is apparently wealthy enough to buy a house in cash, oh, even though she's like twelve. She's <laughs> able to buy a house. She has no uh, no one else with her. And so, yeah, I think this is the I think this is done by the creator that did My Little Sister. Really, My Little Sister's uh, affairs are unusual. Uh, P uh, P and P a piss the anime. P piss the anime. I got to check on that. The original creator is you are you are a Fushimi poet, sir. Tsukasa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same he guy. the anime. It's the same guy. So he, this guy really loves really loves making stories about little sisters, which is very creepy. Yeah. Very odd. Can you imagine? I don't know. It's very strange. Oh, well. Um so it's a it, it's a it's a comedy. It's not it's not bad really. I mean, there's there's some scene there's a scene in it where a girl whose name is G, uh, Megumi comes over um to encourage his sister to come back to school. Mm. And they, they get it, and she gets into a conversation with with the boy, and she's like, "Oh yeah, and I, I can't even remember how this occurs. It was very like very um, out of nowhere, and I was totally shocked that she said it. She's like, "Oh yeah, I really love dicks. I, all girls my age love dicks. I love a big dick or something like that." How old is she? Twelve, fourteen, something like that. That's yeah. They don't love dicks at that point. Well, she does. It takes a few more years. <laughs> she does. She's the class president at the school, and wants to encourage that his sister come back to class because she's been gone for a long time. Okay. But all that does is make the little sister like shut up, like shut herself in more because she's overwhelmed by it. Right. So it's a funny show. I know that it, feeling. It has, a, it has funny moments. Um, it's it's really not bad, but it's just sort of. It just sort of is, yeah. You know, it's not a bad show, really. I think if if you uh, if you like that sort of um, comedy anime among siblings, in the same vein as you know My Little Sister, or it's definitely a little bit etchy. So, mm-hmm. well, in that same vein, the name then of it is. you'll probably love this show. I just think that it's not really. It doesn't do anything special other than be a little bit funny. I, I mean, I enjoyed Keijo more after three episodes. Mm-hmm be honest sure and given the season we're in definitely not going to pass it all right so but it really isn't bad i think there's like there's a there's i, I don't want to fail it but i'm not going to pass it either it's 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 definitely a show that will that will work well for a specific audience i think and on my anime list it has a 7.4 which really isn't that horrible it's kind of an average show sounds like a lot of the shows we're doing impressions on today are just not passing 
Oh, I'm too old for this shit. Oh, but not I think I'm getting too old for this stuff. Yeah. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. Will you follow me again? Uh, I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> All right, so my next impression. To no one's surprise, I'm going to keep it short. Season two. Oh, God. <laughs> something, something, something. Bees and the Eagles. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Attack on Titan, season two. It has begun. Um, and uh, supposedly going to be... Sausages! Okay, sure. Um, there, there aren't sausages in it so far. How far have they gotten the boulder? <laughs> I actually, you know, I'm going to say, I realize it's only 12 episodes, or that's yes. how long it's slated to be. But I feel like because of that, the pacing is moving a lot faster. Okay. I, I sat down to watch the first three episodes to be official and do my impression. Mm-hmm. And I watched all five in one sitting. Nice. And it was all five that are out. And it was really quick. I'm interested in what they're doing. There's the normal Attack on Titan stuff. It's the same style. Mm-hmm. There's some janky animation here and there. There's a couple things that are coming out of left field that you're just kind of like, of course, sure, why not? We now have a Titan that does this. Right. Reasons. Okay. Um. Okay. But the action's there, the pacing's there. It was, honestly... It was so refreshing to watch an anime again where characters are not protected by plot. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, right. I get it. Aaron Yeager is, but yeah. all, a lot of the sub-characters, like we've already had some pretty gruesome deaths mm-hmm. that you didn't... I, I, The first episode... Careful, or, careful. No, no, no. The no first spoilers. episode... Or, no, I'm not. But the first episode or two, there were definitely characters that I was like, whoa, wait, wait, they just killed them? And I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm watching Attack on Titan. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, no, I'm going to pass it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, and boom goes the dynamite. So we've got one pass and three, was it three? Eh. Three, eh, just didn't pass. Let's see where this one falls in. All right. I'm going to be doing an impression on the 2017 season, or I guess the second se- or third season, I guess, really, of Berserk. So this oh one's... Oh, my <laughs> God. This one's going to be a little tricky because I don't honestly remember what happened in these three episodes, even though I just watched them. You felt like you were on drugs the whole time, even though you weren't. Yeah, I felt like I was on drugs. I mean, I was on drugs, but I felt like I was on different drugs. Kazuo. No, I'm kidding. Um, So, okay. So Berserk, second season, third season, I guess, whatever. The 2017 season is what they're calling it. Um, Picks up, I guess, after the 20. I mean, well, definitely after, but I don't know how far after. Guts is kind of wandering. He has, um, what's her name? The, I don't know what her name is. I keep wanting, sorry. I keep wanting to say Oscar. Girl, uh, girl number one. Girl number one, who's all got raped silly. Oh, Casca. Casca. Why did I want to say Oscar? Because it's it's because it rhymes. It's rhymes. It rhymes. Yeah. So he has Casca, who is a, basically a vegetable at this point, and she's uh, been through a lot. Yeah, she definitely has. And so he's just kind of wandering around with her. And um, yeah, I mean, the first episode is interesting. You do see um, Griffith. He shows up. and What a you know, dick. What a dick. And and Guts kind of like rushes at him to fight and stuff. And then uh, Zod kind of like jumps in between them. And Guts has a battle with Zod, which is kind of cool. Um, he shouldn't be able to beat Zod, though. Uh, he doesn't really beat him. He just kind of fights him to a standstill and then... Griffin and Zod kind of take off. Okay. Um, and then Griffith, Griffin, Griffith shows up at like some kind of uh, like 
town or whatever. And there's a battle and he kind of like stops an army, but then he starts building his own army and people start following him. I guess people are starting to worship him and stuff like that for some reason or another. Well, he's like the god of, he's like the, I don't know what the hell's going on. I have no idea what's going on in this I know show. that he's like a demon lord, so maybe he just has power that makes people fall you know, Well, they him. think that he is like, and I don't know if he is or if it's just a trick, but like he, he's allowing them to speak with like their dead loved ones before hmm. the spirits pass on. I don't know why, but when you got there and just got to duh, I was like, he's going to say dicks. He's, he's allowing <laughs> them to communicate with their dicks. <laughs> um, no, and so, God, I have no clue what's happening in the show, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, it's basically just guts wandering and like fighting demons and then Griffith starting to build some sort of a, a, mil- a military force, I guess. And then Casca's crazy. And then, oh, one thing that happens is guts kind of like goes crazy and almost rapes Casca for some reason. No, he's in love with her. No, but like he goes, he loses himself and becomes like like almost a demon. It's not just passion? No, 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 no. Like he is, I think, he, I guess he's possessed or something. I mean, I know he's possessed in that demons follow him. He's cursed. Yeah, he's cursed. So, but I think he's like becoming a monster because he like bites her boob and stuff. And, Weird. But like... He bites her boob? Like too aggressively. So like, like punctures? Like the rock monster from Ninja Scroll? Yes. So, so, he, so he has a gigantic mouth and he sucks her entire boob into his mouth. Does that happen? No. That's not, how it goes down in Ninja Scroll. Not exactly. But I don't know, man. It's the, it, So one thing I will tell you. The very first episode I watched of this season, like the very beginning of the first episode, pissed me off. Because of the camera work. They do all this weird stuff for no reason just because they can because it's CG. And but it looks horrible and they cut to weird shots for no reason and it throws you off and like then like they do all these weird like dutch angles with the camera and like flip it upside down and roll over and I'm like why are you doing this? This is not good. This is hard. This is hard to follow. I imagine it looked very poor compared to Ajin. Yeah, another thing that was really upsetting is the intro appears to have some traditional animation that looks really good. And then it cuts to the story, and it's crappy CG. It's not even good CG. So uh, this show's failing. I can't. I can't do it again. I can't go through another season of this. <laughs> they live happily ever after. Of course, Elizabeth. What a pile of shit. You broke my heart, Berserk. I used to it's love you so terrible. much. Fool, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. I can't it's do it. It's just terrible. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I wonder what it has on my anime list right now. Let's take a look. Oh, oh God, a seven point three. Hey, just like everything else on my anime list. Yeah, except that except the porn show I've got had like a five. Oh wow. Are you, uh, are you ready? All right. So wait, ready for? Oh, oh yes, it's time. It's time for an almighty anime mailbag. Anime. <laughs> anime. Anime. Mailbag, bag, bag, bag. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. I love your dance too, Mitsuki. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. It, it's it's a nice new take yeah. on the mailbag. Of course, you can uh, leave us a mailbag by heading to our website aaapodcast.com. Click on the mailbag button along the top and drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Tell us what's up. Mm-hmm. Our first mailbag today comes from Muda Muda Muda. Muda Muda Muda. 
And uh, let's see, Jackie, do you want to read that one? Yeah, sure. So, Murumurumura writes, um, One of the many cool things about JoJo is that the ending themes always correlate with the time period it's set in. So with the next JoJo season being set, what ending theme would you want it to have? Um, I like Painted Black by the Rolling Stones. Would be good. Wait, hold on. So... What ending theme? Yeah, because they always picked like a Western rock song. Mm. I'm going to say one of my favorite classic rock songs, Whole Lot of Love. That's an awesome song. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with, uh, I, I, I'm actually going to go with a female rock band. I'm going to go with If Looks Could Kill by Heart, because I feel like that kind of fits with the JoJo Fair mm. flair. That's good. Or also, ooh, another really good like classic rock song is um, uh, Stranglehold, Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. That is an awesome song. That's a good one. That sounds good. All right. All right. Next mailbag. Mitsugi, you want to read this one? Hey, uh, by Godius Maximus. Hey, AAA crew. It has been a little bit over a year since we last attempted this question when it ended up in misunderstanding and the whole postmodernism debacle. <laughs> so let us try again. Which older franchise would you guys like to see get modern anime reboots slash remakes in the vein of Space Battleship Yamato or the recent Ghost in the Third? Go- what? The recent what? Oh, sorry. The recent loop on the third. <laughs> Ghost <laughs> in the third? I would like to see something fun like... Great teacher Onizuka. Like, it's too, that's too new. Is it though? Yeah. It's like, it's like 20 years old. It's it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like 15 years old, but right. I'm going to go a little older. I'm going to say like Gunsmith Cats mm-hmm. would be a fun remake or something like Dominion Tank Police, which is even older than Gunsmith Cats. That would be good. Okay. Or maybe Empty Geist. Oh my needs a remake. God. Yes. Or uh, Mad. Was it Mad Bull Thirty Four? Mad Bull Thirty Four. Yeah. Gar- or Garzy's Wing. Ho ho ho. Boy. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo you, Mitsuki, because you already brought it up, and I'm gonna say uh, Bubblegum Crisis. I think that. Yeah. Could be. Well, they did a remake of Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah, but I want in another. Like 2002 or something. Yeah, that's 2002 is still like 20 years old yeah. now, almost. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Um. I guess 15, yeah, 15 years old. Uh, if I was going to go with something classic, God, that's, oh man, that's tough. Oh, I had one in my head and I just lost it. Um, let's go with, I'm going to go with like the original Gundam. Okay. It's it's one of my favorite Gundams and it's it's 100% just because of nostalgia. But yeah, the original, I would like to see a remake of. All right. All right. Next mailbag comes from Icy Rose. Icy Rose says, hi, AAA crew. Uh, as we know, all anime is subjective, and we all have our differing opinions on certain anime. Yeah. Yeah. Like how Chiaki likes uh, Yurikuma Arashi, while Kazuo uh, correctly hates it, because it is terrible. <laughs> There's uh, no correctly in there. <laughs> Kimiko likes Kabaneri, uh, while Chiaki was kind of meh on it. And going back, Cram loved Kill the Kill, which Mitsuki is not a fan of. Recently, in the Facebook group, uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash AAA podcast. Nice. <laughs> uh, it was discussed sometimes an anime might have stood a better chance at passing impressions had a different host pick the show. So my question is, given each of you probably, wait, what? Given each of you probably have a good grasp of each other's taste. Okay. Have you watched an anime and thought this isn't my thing, but I reckon insert other host name here would like it. That does happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for but sure. it doesn't change anything. I will say, so, um, although the listeners may not know, we know which shows are passing this season because we haven't, we haven't done impressions on all of them, but we already know what's going to pass and what's not going to pass. Yeah. So I've been watching everything that's passing. And I will say, there is a certain show that a certain someone is passing 
that I've been watching that is garbage. <laughs> I'm like, this is terrible. Why did they pass this? Is it? Wait, I can't say. Wait. Oh, wait. Wait. I guess I can say. Was it already passed? Was it Love Tyrant? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I do not like that show. Oh, that was one of Chiaki's. Yeah. No, that was one of mine. I, I was get I was that was a moment where I'm like I can guess it's love tire. Uh, I don't like that show. <laughs> I, you know I'm not surprised. I'm not right. surprised that you, you know like it. me. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. So to answer Icy Rose's question, yes, of course. Like, yeah, we we kind of know each other's tastes, and so we would know like mo- most most of the time. Of course, there's always exceptions to well, everything. And that's also why like sometimes whenever I have a show, I'll be like, oh, you have to watch it or you'll like it. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that to each of the hosts. I'll say that to Kimiko Mitsugiri, Kazuo, right? You, depending on, you know who I think would like it most. For sure. All right. All right, next up, uh, I guess, Jackie. Sure. So, Calibrate Me Senpai writes, Hey guys, I'm looking for a specific type of show. Having watched Tokyo Ghoul, I was struck by how much I enjoyed the factions in the show and how each faction had its own goal. Which animes do you recommend where the factions have differing goals and the resulting conflict is what the anime about? Some flawed examples are Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, Shonen's, 12 Kingdoms. Why is, why is that a flawed I'm example? Why is that a flawed example? Yeah, that's, I was going to say, that That actually seems like, like a really good example. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and any big Gundam show. The shonens are too long with too much filler. 12 Kingdoms is too political. Oh, okay. And okay. the Gundam shows are incoherent. It's kind of your opinion. Any Definitely. <laughs> any shows that have interesting factions without being boring too long or full of nonsense. Well, now oh, it's geez. like I'm, I'm hard-pressed to... Answer the question. Yeah, God, I don't. I mean, man, he kind of like eliminated all, all the right. really good ones. I said, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question honestly, but I said parasite because it's like humans versus the parasites. Oh, I could see that. And okay. And I took a shot at Awadi no Seraph. We didn't love that show, but it definitely has vampires versus humans. Very strong theme. Yeah. yeah. It started off strong too. I'm trying to think if there's any of those like hmm. school like we do battle in our classroom anime. I got one. Okay. Uh, she uh. Kill Shinge- kill? No, Shingeki no Bahamut. It's about humans versus angels versus oh, that's demons. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So a three-way battle. And it's short and it's awesome. But that one's too but that one's too animated. What? Yeah. Too animated. What does that even mean? Well, I was just poking fun at the uh, Oh, his, of his of his stipulations. <laughs> yeah. That one has too many um uh, red. Too too, too, too much, much just, too much color yeah. red. Yeah. <laughs> Too much. That one, too many, too many E's in the title. Yeah. <laughs> title too long. Will not watch. Although, I, in fairness, I do feel that way about an, some anime these days. <laughs> like, really? Do you really need to have a title that's that long? But all right. Anyway. Okay. Any others? That's it. Okay. No, there's one more. Oh. No, hey. wait. No, I mean like any other. Op- oh no, no. Answers, but okay. Continue. It's it's you're up. Kadayuki Kun writes. Hey guys, I recently discovered your podcast, and I can truly say it is one of the best anime podcasts I listen to. Balancing good topics and reviews with overall entertainment value, even if I don't always agree with your ratings. I work in public accounting, and the episode backlog has helped me survive many long nights in the audit room this 2017 tax season, so seriously, thank you. Please don't audit me. No, please don't. I'm excited <laughs> to hear all about your trip to Japan and some and with some of the listeners, and by the time you read this, you will probably be back. Based we are. Based on your experiences, do you think you will do another trip? Have you considered making this a yearly or bi-yearly trip for podcast fans? I will keep my fingers crossed as I would love to go on one. I love listening as always. Thanks for the laughs. Um, okay, well. so that was mostly just a thank you and is it, are we going to do the uh, the trip regularly? I don't think we've decided yet. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's, um, 
some of us don't make that much money. So it's a little difficult to, uh, you know, and, and I will decide that some, I will also say as, as the person leading the trip, I mean, I, I knew what I was getting into. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not complaining about it, mm-hmm. but I, it is a lot of effort. Yes. And that's something well, especially that, especially on you. Like, yeah. And, and that's something that I would consider. It was zero effort on me. <laughs> I just showed up. That's something that I would consider before yeah. doing it again. Not to, again. I'm not complaining and I'm not saying I wouldn't do it again right. because of that, but I would have to consider. Well, that. I also think that now that we, the rest of us have gone, like we would be able to take some of that off of you. Yeah. You know, because going there, I mean, I, I know to speak for myself, like I, had, I didn't know anything about, I didn't know where anything was or how to get anywhere. I was just a, a lost puppy. So, um, but now it's like, I'm a little more familiar with it. I love puppies. Thanks, I guess. Um, so I'm a little more familiar with it so I could be like, Hey, anybody want to go here? Um, that's what I'm going to do. And you know, I can kind of like take part of the group because it would definitely, um, was more segmented and like we broke off into a lot of smaller groups. Like I think going in, I had the idea that, Oh, we're all going to move together as one big pack, but there's way too many of us. So, you know, we definitely, it, it was better to just kind of like segment and be like, okay, a few of us are going to go here and then a few of us are going to go here and kind of. And, and I think, I think too, in the future, logistically, it could work out better where like, you know, you and Kimiko go off and, and do some of the more touristy things. Yeah. And, and I'm again, nothing wrong, say, nothing wrong with that. But I'm just <laughs> saying like where I, if we have people who have been to Japan before, I'm mm-hmm. going to go off and I'm going to do, cause for example, I don't want to see Kinkakuji again. I don't want to see the Goldwyn Pavilion again. It's really yeah. Not that interesting I've, the first time. Well, neither do, neither do I. I think if, if slash when I am to go back, like I want to do more of like, like I've really enjoyed Tokyo and Osaka and like probably like I, I definitely enjoyed seeing like I, I would I would like to go back to that island again. Um, What's it called? Miyajima. Miyajima. Miyajima, definitely. But as far as like going to all the other temples and everything, it's like, all right, yeah, I've seen them. They're cool. But, you know. I, I think I just want to play. I want to play Groove Coaster for like 60 yeah. straight you'll hours. You'll just be there. That's pretty much all I You'll be about. at Groove Coaster <laughs> and you'll be, you know. Back and forth from the ramen shop to the arcade. Pretty much. Yeah, you'll be in that one like, the block soap, area. To the soap land. We'll complete the triangle. <laughs> all right. So I guess that brings this bad boy to a close. We did it. Uh, one thing I did want to say, kind of like a side note, uh, because I know our discussion today was all about uh, media and uh, race and gender and all that fun stuff. I actually did um, a, like a two hour long podcast with uh, Brains from the Trash Pandas. Watch anime. Yep. Um, pod, pod dropper. In a, an entire show about just race in media. And we got deep. So if you guys want to check that out. Um, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I'll probably did tweet it. Like well, because I guess, I guess he's taking a college course about media and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we did it kind of as a podcast, but also to help him with his college course. And he actually messaged me saying that that episode is very close to breaking their record of most listened to episodes. Aww. So go there and crush it. Yeah. So that we can say <laughs> that I am responsible for oh, of course. destroying their numbers. It's, it's the always, AAA effect. You know, it's always a competition with me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, go ahead and check that out. I'll tweet it out and I'll put it in the Facebook group for you guys. Um, of course, you can go to that Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash AAA podcast. Uh, you can also follow us at our website, aapodcast.com, where you can sign up for additional content, hobby addicts, hentai episodes, after parties, just a bunch of fun stuff. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can keep up with uh, Chiaki and her uh, author lifestyle um, at Elise Kova. All so, the tea consumed. Yes, you can currently, or I guess as of today, you can get um, 
was Alchemist of Loom for 99 cents. Yeah, but it'll be ended by the time that this womp comes womp. out. But if you're watching live, go now. If you're now. watching live, go now. If go you're now. If you're not watching live, I still appreciate it if you support my work. And if you don't support my work, that's also cool. We sh- we're still friends. Yes. Um, and you can uh, also follow Mitsuki. I guess he's at AA Podcast. He kind of mans the main he follow podcast. follow my balls. Follow his balls. He <laughs> loves his balls and he wants you to love yeah. them too. His balls tweet for us. Yes. Um, and you can follow me at AA Kazuo as well. So thank you so much for everybody who joined us live. We had a bunch of you in there. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, I don't know who is. But... Oh, the people listening. Oh, okay. Yes. So uh, yeah. Certainly Mits- not any of us. Mitsuki and I are going to go mosh with a bunch of young people. <laughs> should, I get, should I get put my contacts in? Yeah. Put, I want to mess somebody up with my put elbow. Put your contacts in. Get your get your elbow pads and your you know knee pads. Get your motorcycle helmet. Nothing. Stretch first. Nothing. Stretching's important. Get limber. We're gonna get the we're gonna get the brass knuckles on because nothing beats a, <laughs> nothing beats a classic. Of course. All right. Thank you again for watching, guys, and thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Take care, everyone.